Hello everyone, welcome to Astro Lushes. Welcome back to Aquarius Capricorn season episode <laughs> and Valentine's Day. And Valentine's Day. It's it's a it's a dual astrology single holiday episode. This is Andy Tallarico. Um really being excited to be back and talking to you guys. And this is Lisa Marie Bazile. I'm also very, very happy to be here. We had quite a wild episode <laughs> last time. Ooh, Sag for got Sag. crazy. So we're here with a with a a cleaner, gentler, more sober episode. A bit. A I bit. actually am full disclosure, um, got stoned for this episode, which is not something I've ever done before the show and it is not legal where I am because I'm just that rebellious you guys <laughs> but um I thought it felt really appropriate for Aquarius season yeah they're so like um experimental and they're so uh on the edge of things and it just felt like maybe it would be a different experience this time around probably better than the rum episode of Sagittarius where I smashed a glass on air you guys <laughs> <laughs> that's a thing that I did I can't believe that it was it was a that was a very emotional episode and we're yeah. glad that, you know, several hundreds of you listened to it, and um, we appreciate you for doing that mm-hmm. and sticking with us. Yes, thank you guys. We love you. We really um, appreciate every single listen we get, every single review we get. It means the world to us. Um, if you haven't reviewed it, please consider it. Um, good and or bad, we just lo- we want your feedback. Yeah, exactly. And please do tweet us and message us and let us know what you think and let us know what you would like to hear from us in the future. Yeah. So Capricorn and Aquarius. So we we blew through Capricorn season because in a very typical Capricorn fashion, we were both extraordinarily busy the entire time. Mm. And of course, the holidays and travel and all of that, a little bit of winter sickness, but we were feeling Capricorn season. We wanted to record. Oh my God. I felt it in full, full throttle. Yeah. And Capricorn's your rising sign. So you're definitely going to experience Capricorn season in a very real way. Yes. It was, it was like, I just made a decision um, for my health and stuck to it and things were really really good and I used that cap energy and that that Scorpio sun intensity and worked it mm-hmm. you did and I you did. still are thanks yeah thanks yeah and I think I think you were feeling it too definitely I think a lot of people were feeling yeah, it. yeah I feel like everyone I know is going through like I'm trying out veganism yeah. I'm trying not to drink for a month yeah I'm you know finding a therapist for the first time in years like people really like on on their games right now yeah and a lot of people were also hibernating and kind of like you know getting to work in a powerful way though yeah exactly like in a in a I have work to do on myself there's a transformation to be had and it is work and it does take effort and that was big calf energy just Mm -hmm. pouring through the people absolutely absolutely cool and we're now into Aquarius season which I love I, I love really it too. love Aquarius season. I love it's Aquarius. probably like my least favorite weather of the year. <laughs> um, Here in New York, it's just drizzly and chilly. It's just miserable outside. It's damp and gross. Um, but you know, Aquarians aren't like bothered by little things like the physical world around them. So. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> just, Their heads are somewhere else. Yeah, and I love that about them so much. I'm deeply, deeply grateful for the Aquarians and in, in the world and Same. my life. Same. I <laughs> love Aquarians mm-hmm. and. And I, we actually tweeted out that we wanted to hear from a few of you, mm-hmm. and some of you did respond. I'll open one. The Caps and the Aquarians out there that, that follow us and that we so deeply love. Um, what did we ask them? 
we asked them, what was the thing that most people got wrong about your sign? And also, what do you love about your own sign? Mm-hmm. Um, we had a, a heavy influx of cap answers. Yeah. Which feels like, you know, very Capricorn. <laughs> Just to... I like the two responses we got from the right Steph um, uh, on, on Twitter about this. So her um, the most misunderstood thing for her about Capricorn is... Capricorn is about making that money, <laughs> but mm. we're not all like Uncle Scrooge out here. We just want to make sure our families are eating good. We're not going to scrape for a seat at the table. You, we'd rather make our own table. Oh. Isn't that great? And then what she loves quotable. about her sign is that Capricorn women are queens in the streets and freaks in the sheets. How true. We dream of being Megan the Stallion, but can only relax in a one-on-one situation. Wow. Isn't that great? I love that. Thank you so much for the right stuff. That's awesome. Seriously, thank you for that beautifully quotable insight. Yes. And the lady cat I wrote into us, I believe she's talking about Aquarius, but if I have this wrong, Elena, please get back to me. Um, you can tweet at us and let me know that I was wrong. I think this is Aquarius, but um, the assumption being they think we're super cold and unemotional and always in pursuit of the next big project. The latter might be true for some, but really structure of all kinds do play a prominent role in our lives. I personally have a consistent need to weave forms of structure into my day. Oh, I love this. Isn't that wonderful? Like such a like beautifully rendered and thought response. Yeah, that's wonderful. Thank you, guys. There was another from... Uh, their handle is writer illustrator for hire. Um, they say, hi, Aquarius here. I think most of our odd quote unquote odd qualities and traits are examined and judged very critically. Mm. It might even be things we appreciate and see about ourselves. Pretty regular traits and things though. If you think about it, we're all, all some way or the other. Oftentimes some might say you're too complex or too kooky, et cetera, et cetera. Like they're very bad things. They don't put me off anymore. They're just something I notice and feel. Um, she says the things that they get right, or they say the things that they get right is the kookiness and the coolness. They are right about those, but they're not necessarily bad things. Um, loving our alien selves, feeling content to be seen as one. I think, you know, this person says they, ah, they also get into detaching and distancing Mm -hmm. as a way of looking out for ourselves, first and foremost. The self is sacred. I believe this. Um, And thanks for listening. And thanks for writing, writer, illustrator for hire. So I just heard from one of my very best friends in the entire world about this, Mm. Patrice Wilding, who is one of my favorite Capricorns. I was going to list, when we get up to our list of famous Capricorns, I'm just going to put Patrice Wilding on there because she is a celebrity. (laughs) Um, so she says what people get right about Capricorn is we're stubborn, hardworking, and motivated by our own success. Also frustrated by others moving slow slash being lazy. Mm. Wrong that we're incapable of empathy or sympathy, cold-hearted, selfish, unfeeling. I couldn't agree more. I don't, I, I really, I think part of it comes from the fact that Capricorn is ruled by Saturn, which is like the taskmaster of the universe. Yep. Saturn really is like about control and what, um, like sort of keeps us in line. It's about those hard structures. About it's about boundaries. It's dad energy for days. Yep. It is the patriarch of the zodiac, um, and so those aspects. I think if in an unevolved person, right, or a person who is maybe trapped in masculine, like toxic masculinity, right. or a person who just hasn't been encouraged to tap into their feelings, I think they can tend toward bitterness and um, unemotionality as like. A way of like safekeeping yeah 
But I don't think that that is representative of Capricorns as a whole. No, I think it is inherent. a tendency that can like fall into them due to their like ruling planet. Exactly. But I don't think that is like a general characteristic and I think it's really unfair. It is. I mean, who wants to be called like unfeeling and unsympathetic? Like why people even write that shit is beyond me. I agree with you. And I also think that we like all things if we're smart and fair, we have to look at how astrology, like a gene, were to be expressed under different environmental pressures and traumas. Yes. Yes. So unfeeling doesn't mean you're cold. It means you're responding to something. Yep. And I think that's really important. And it's interesting because we're, you know, we're in Aquarius season and they're often given the exact same diagnosis that mm. Aquarians are not in touch with their feelings. They're the most in touch. It's just that they're, they're approaching it differently. They approach it very differently. Yeah. Um, and I'm just going to say that my, my roommate Sterling is an Aquarius and he had like a really beautiful way of explaining it by the myth of Aquarius, which is the water bearer. They keep water in a container, right? They hold up that which is so important to our emotional world, but it is a separate thing from the rest from, of their yeah, being. Exactly. And, but like the task of being able to carry that around all the time is sacred. Yeah. It's a task. Um, and so I think, I think Aquarians are extremely self-aware about feelings. It's like... It's like they just express it sort of in a different language, almost like, right. I don't know if you've seen the movie The Arrival. Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, it's like you just have to sort of change your idea of like what, how language functions sometimes and how emotion functions and what its role is in our lives. But that doesn't make them unfeeling or cold. It's just a, it's just very different from the way, you know, say Lisa and I as a Scorpio and Cancer. Exactly. Deal with our feelings, which is that we like swim in them daily. Right. If emotion is a language, we speak different dialects, mm -hmm. very different dialects. Yep. And it's important to respect them all, unless you're me, because I have biases. <laughs> Just, but I won't get into it. I'm only joking. Um, yeah, so... so I feel it, like I went off the schedule already. <laughs> no! This is, this is the Astro Lashes. We missed we are, talking to you, so... We're just really excited. You know, so what do you think, what are some of the most standout Capricorn and Aquarius traits? Do you mm -hmm. want to just... Yeah. I mean, Capricorn to me, um, not just to me, but Capricorn, um, it's <laughs> ruled by like the sea goat, which is very interesting. Saturn is its planetary ruler. Um, it's an earth sign. It's cardinal energy. Uh, you know, like the, the starters of things, the catalysts of things. I think that Capricorn is concerned with um, power, uh, for sure. I think that's like a really fair thing to say. I think they make great celebrities because they're really good at like owning power and understanding yeah. its worth. Um, but I also, you know, I think because it's an earth sign, it's affectionate and it's like touchy and it's hands on and it's empirical yeah. in nature. Um, and yeah, I think they're, you know, they're the daddies of the Zodiac and that's like <laughs> the cancer mommy, you know, they're my literal opposite sign. Um, and I don't know. Nobody takes me to task as deservedly as a Capricorn. Oh, they do. Mm -hmm. They really do. They um, will call you on your shit. Exactly. I was actually recently interviewed by a Capricorn. Uh, the name is Cooper Wilhelm. Oh, he's a good Capricorn. A good Cap, um, but very Cap. Very he, good astrologer and tarot reader and... Exactly. Witch, too. Um, he had me on for his podcast, which you guys should check out, called Witch Hassle. Yes. Uh, we talked about my new book, Magical Writing Grimoire. I promise this is not a product placement. 
But what was so interesting and so Capricorn about him is that the Witch Hassle, his podcast in itself, is about doing the work of magic. It's literally in the description for the podcast. <laughs> such a Capricorn way to approach that. It's so good. And we really got into it that the writing itself was a form of work and a form of magic mm. rather than the end result or rather than using using magic to create writing. It's the writing itself mm-hmm. is the generative magical part. And so he really took me to task, like you said, on how does it work? What do you envision? What yep. exactly do you do? Mm-hmm. Like every single detail. And I thought that was really interesting because, you know, most people are just like, why did you write the book? And of course the cap gets into the nitty gritty and I really appreciated that. So that's something I think is, you know, really cool. And for as a Scorpio, I appreciate that detective's mm-hmm. eye. Yep, absolutely. Um, I also, you know, like, uh, do we want to talk about our favorite Capricorns or Capricorn celebrities right now? Yes, let's do. Um, so my personal hero in life is Patti Smith and I think she's an emblematic and very proud Capricorn. Um, well, I know she's, um, I think she's emblematic and I know she's (laughs) (laughs) proud Capricorn because she says so. Um, David Lynch. David Lynch is my favorite director. And Michael Stipe from R.E.M., one of my very favorite musicians. And I have to give a shout out to Eddie Vedder because I really loved Pearl Jam at a certain age in my life in like a very real and true way. No, me too. And I still respect him as just like a good human. Exactly. So those are my, and Patrice, who wrote into us. Um, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yes. So those are just my personal favorites, but as far as like just good caps. Yeah. There's Bowie. I mean... Do we need to even say anything else? No. Just David Bowie, you guys. Dave, that's it. We're done now. We're done. We can hang up. Show's over. <laughs> hang up. What am I saying? Is this the 90s? Hang up. Click. Hang up. <laughs> Hold the phone. <laughs> um, so what do, you, what, do, what do we love about Aquarius? Oh, Aquarius. So Sag and Aquarius have the same function as like the philosopher to me and mm. I really respect that you're always going to get a unique perspective they're really peering out god they're big picture people yeah that's very hard for me and it's it's very hard for water signs I yeah. think to be big picture people which is why it's so appropriate that Aquarius is the water bearer, bearer. you yeah. know um they're sort of like jokingly like the aliens the zodiac and I know a lot of I think a lot of Aquarians I know feel hurt by that it's a little reductive or you know? something but but I also know other ones that like really wear it with pride and they're like everybody's an alien right you know everybody's I mean, an alien it's a wonderful thing I think to be an alien um but I I love um the open-mindedness the philosophy the humanitarian the, quality the humanitarian quality we need that huge. some of our best activists are Aquarians um oh going back to Capricorn I think Martin Luther King is a Capricorn oh wow right Martin Luther King Day is Capricorn season. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. That says it all. Going back to Aquarius, I was thinking of humanitarians and I was thinking of like, Mm. you know, big picture people. Um, Yeah, I think honestly, like their unique perspective is just endlessly fascinating to me. And I'm fascinated by people that seem like they can, are in control of their feelings. (laughs) I mean, it's a, it's a gift that I wish I had. And yet at the same time, you know. I am comfortable being the watery water sign that I am. Yeah, but I are. always learn from an Aquarius because they push me out of my comfort zone. Yes. They force me to look at things outside from outside of the, the small box and lens in which I force myself to look through it. Um, and, you know, they're, they're actually, I've never met an Aquarius who was um, unkind. No, no, me neither. They're, they're, they're not smushy and like lovey-dovey, but mm-hmm. they're kind and they're generous of spirit in their own unique way. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're, 
they they have a way of emitting acknowledgement and understanding without using many words. Mm-hmm. You feel it in their energy, which I think probably attributes to that alien quality. I also just love Aquarius energy. I really do. Me too. I'm like, you weird Aquarius here at the party. Mm-hmm. I'm going to shack up with you. Yep. yep. Let me learn something from you. Um, what about famous and favorites? Well, there there are so many good ones. I've got Darwin. Yeah. Yeah. So Link- Aquarius. Lincoln. <laughs> Lincoln. <laughs> I mean, um, Rosa Parks. Rosa Parks is a fantastic. Oh, so Shakira. Shakira. Shakira is an Aquarius, and I think it's really cool that she just performed with J Lo, who is a really famous Leo. Yeah. And Leo and Aquarius are opposites on the wheel, and so they, you know, feed each other's energy really well yeah. and complement each other really well, but also like approach things from a, like, you know, opposite ends of the spectrum. And so, if yeah. we're gonna do a Shakira and J Lo one, I want to see a Rihanna Beyonce. I want the Virgo Pisces opposites. <sighs> Come on, world! I know. Give me what I need. I know. But yeah, Shakira as an Aquarius makes me just deeply happy. It's so wonderful, and she feels like an Aquarius. Yeah. I I I follow her on Instagram, and I see just the way that she talks, the way that she shares her energy and her joy and her enthusiasm is so unique and humble and down mm-hmm. to earth and beautiful and kind and kind of different um she kind of behaves unlike any pop star i've seen so i love that and i love that she and j-lo both brought their heritage and yes. some political views into it um another performer bob marley bob marley he's so emblematic of bringing culture into yeah. his art and like you know he brought I know he didn't single-handedly. I'm sure there are a lot of other people, but he really brought reggae to the forefront for so many people. And also, like, the political situation in Jamaica. Yeah. Um, Queen Oprah. Yeah, Queen Oprah. Queen Oprah, which is holy shit. Right? Holy shit. Imagine being able to share her sun sign or her birthday. Also, Frederick Douglass. Incredible. Frederick Douglass, Rosa Parks, Oprah Winfrey. Like, are you seeing the the run-through yet? Jackie Robinson. Yep. Like, there is such a real narrative. Big movers and shakers, people who really changed the planet, and also people like Thomas Edison, Mozart. Yeah, we're talking like we're talking about like it's such a cheesy term, but it's the first thing that came to my mind like game changers. They're game changers. People who come into the the human game and, and just shake like, it up. Yep, exactly. And really make you question everything. James Dean. Oh. Paul Newman, like just. It's just it's good. It's a I I like this sign, and it's interesting because like growing up. I don't think it was one of my favorite signs because I didn't feel like I knew how to completely relate. Or understand it. Yeah. Yeah. And I felt like maybe I was too emotional to be, like, super close with Aquarians. And now I appreciate that energy so much. So much. And, like, thank you for making me get outside of myself for a second. Yeah. Think about other people. (laughs) It's so true. You know? It's so true. So, Aquarius, Capricorn, we honor you in this episode. Indeed. We really do. So, right now, current transits that are happening... I wanted to say um, Saturn has been in Capricorn for two and a half years, um, and it's moving into Aquarius this year for the first time since, like, 1994. Um, Yeah. And I think it's important. I'm bringing it up because I think it's important because it's an election year. And to have Saturn in Capricorn for so long uh, really left us beholden to, like, the powers that be. Right. And to, like, powerful structures and patriarchal structures. And the idea that it's moving into the humanitarian sign of Aquarius that does things differently. Yeah. And does things always with an eye forward and toward progress and toward the betterment of people. Yeah. Makes me really 
excited that it's happening this year. I agree, and I think it's, you know, say the worst happens. Yeah. Which is that... That asshole know, gets reelected. Right. I think that even if that's the case, and, you know, we're going to have to... You know, that it comes with an entire insane set of problems into unto itself, but I think what it's done is it's brought people together. It's given people the the energy and the impetus to have a voice to yeah. get their voices out there so i feel like that in itself is very aquarian it is like we're all rising up like we are we are really fighting for what's right even if the powers that be are a dark cloud um above us so no matter how you look at it the, the times are changing yes so much for yep. the better yeah i so it but, gives me hope <laughs> me too but let's hope that something great happens I just wanted to bring that up because it's just a major transit, but um, we've been reading some books that we wanted to discuss with you. I'm going to give you a little preview of other stuff, too, so we're doing Valentine's Day. We have a Glamour Magic mm. portion, which I think is going to be really cute and fun. Yep. Um, and uh, we're going to go through like important parts of your chart for Valentine's Day as well. Yeah. So that's what we're, that's what we're bringing at you guys today. Exactly. Um, the games, the guessing games, and the Rihanna lyrics, they're all coming back. But we have a lot of um, ground to cover and a yeah. lot that we need to say this episode. So that will be back for Pisces season, we it promise. It will. We promise to bring the games back. Yeah. But uh, we had so much to tell you guys and we didn't want to do a three-hour podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> because we care about you. <laughs> we care about you. Um, but yeah, books. Okay, first of all, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you talk about your book that's coming out. Oh, okay, cool. If you don't mind. Yeah, of course. Sorry, I'm putting her on the spot. Oh, Lisa, yeah. please tell us about your upcoming <laughs> baby. Oh, thank you. Um, it's called The Magical Writing Grimoire. It is a book of um, writing practices that fill your life with intention and ritual. Um, it focuses on, on mindfulness, manifestation, and not in the creepy, weird, like, I manifested $10,000 overnight, totally divorced from reality and right. social oppression. Yeah. Um, it focuses on using poetry and uh, writing about astrology to to actually generate magic in your life. So it isn't a book of, like, using magic so that you can get an essay done. It's more like the writing is the magic itself. So it, it enables you to create an entire writing practice mm-hmm. as your core magical or spiritual practice. Mm-hmm. And it can be used with, like, any belief system. It's very open-ended. It's accessible. It's inclusive. Um, and, yeah, it really is, like, my my tiny little baby of everything that I am as a human being. It really feels like you manifested into a book. <laughs> I, I can't believe they said yes. Yeah. I can't believe someone was like, yes, do that. If, if I heard about this book, if somebody told me the title and gave me the description, I would have said, did Lisa Marie Bessie <laughs> I write that book? It's I, I love it. so emblematic and I'm, I really, I can't wait for it to come out. Oh, thank you so Congrats. much. So that's coming out in a few months. That's coming out. It's supposed to be out in April. Um, there is a bit of a holdup, sadly, um, not sadly for the book, sadly for the world, because the printer that we use is in China. Mm-hmm. And we just want to really quickly say, like, I'm so sorry if anyone out there is struggling. Coronavirus is super scary. Yes. Um, so who knows when the book is out. But, you know, I hope the listeners here don't have family members or you yourself are dealing with health it's issues. Terrible. With it. it's, it's terrible. It's terrible. Um, <clears throat> uh... But what are you reading? Oh yes, I'm. I'm Tell me. Okay, so I'm reading an excellent book, um, from the incredible astrologer Jessica Lanyadu, 
Um, love. Love. And co-authored with T. Greenaway, who is a journalist. Um, Jessica Lanyadu, you should follow her um, on all social media accounts. She's just an incredible, incredible astrologer. Her new book is called Astrology for Real Relationships. Astrology for Real Relationships. First of all, it's one of the best explanations of houses I've ever seen in my life. Um, we're going to be dedicating next episode um, part of it um, to the houses because we haven't really touched upon those as much as we we're should have. We're getting into the houses. Um, it's more information and we're just constantly learning ourselves. So you're learning with us. But... I love that. <laughs> we are on a journey together. We are on a journey together. Uh, I love the structure of Jessica's layout because it's um, in portions about friends and chosen family, second stage of like, hanging out and dating, mm. and then a third part about long-term relationships. And how on point is that? Right? Love it. So, because like, it is very different to have your Venus sign read for friendship, for casual dating, and for long-term commitment. It's, they're different situations. They're very different. Um, and it's hard to summarize all that information, so I really appreciate the structure of it. And I love this book, and... Um, Thank you, Jessica Lanyadu. Uh, you are reading something really cool, Lisa. Yes. So, because we're going to be chatting a little bit about glamour magic in this episode, um, I wanted to tell you guys that I'm reading The Glam Witch, which is a magical manifesto of empowerment with the great Lilithian arcane mysteries by Michael Herkes, who is the glam witch on social media. Mm-hmm. Fiona Horn wrote the intro. Um, the book isn't just about glamour, as in dressing up, etc. It is about being inhabited by and inhabiting Lilith as an archetype. Um, you know, making Lilith the core of your magical practice. But it because Lilith is such a badass, <laughs> sexy, dangerous, dark goddess. Who's your Lilith in? Oh, God, I forgot. I was thinking it earlier. I think my Lilith is in Libra. Is it? But I have to double check. Yeah. Mine's in Scorpio, which is, like, terrifying. That's terrifying and perfect. It's terrifying and perfect and wonderful. <laughs> look up your little sign. You won't regret it. <laughs> okay, yeah, please look up your little sign and let us know. So what I really love is that this book does go into um, using glamour magic in general and using glamour magic to call upon Lilith. So there's a lot of different you know, scents and colors that you can wear. But what I really love is a section on projecting persona. Oh, that's awesome. It's so cool. Um, Michael writes, a persona is the energetic core of glamour. Think of your persona like it is an alpha. It is the aura of attraction and magnetism that you project from your mind's eye. Mm -hmm. Adopting a persona may feel like role-playing in the beginning, but as you develop in your practice, it will become your second skin. And I feel like when we think about Lilith or we think about any sort of archetype, god, goddess, deity that we associate with, um, calling upon them and wearing things and wearing colors and doing and feeling things that they might symbolize or or feel gives you a second skin an identity that kind of keeps you safe in a Mm -hmm. world where you might need to it gives you so much agency right? so much agency and i love it and it's like you're you're it's another way of rewriting your own narrative exactly it's a reclamation Mm -hmm. and it's a power and i think one of the most common things i see and i maybe have been guilty of this myself in the past is that glamour magic feels a little you know, maybe like a little empty, a little shallow, a little superficial, but I you, think it's... it's if you, That's like if you have that like shallow belief that beauty is shallow. Exactly. It's not. It's not. 
Um, and like what makes people feel fulfilled and what makes people feel sexy and what makes people feel empowered is not a shallow thing. Not at all. You know, like I take makeup very seriously, for example. Yeah. I take perfume very seriously. It's a ritual. It is a it's ritual. It's a language. And it's also like, it's also tied into our class. Yep. It's tied into our our shame. Our cultural identity. It's it, yeah. it's a it's a very deep thing. Like, could there possibly be <laughs> a deeper right. form Ex- of magic? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Self-expression. Self-expression. Is magic unto mm-hmm. itself. I mean. So I just don't, I don't buy into that. Yeah. <clears throat> what do you, when you think of like, so going off this persona idea, yes. do you have a persona that empowers you and that mm-hmm. you kind of conjure? It's hard to like nail it down completely, but like, or I know that there are certain days that I leave my house and I'm wearing a vintage faux fur coat and gloves and a beret and people look at me sideways Yeah, <laughs> and it feels very much, um, a persona to me and, um, and I feel like performing it that day. Yeah. And what does it give you? It gives me, um, a sense of otherness in a way that I appreciate. I feel like it sets me apart. I feel like it's, um hearkening back to fashions that aren't necessarily like right now right in, in the moment and I always really yeah. respect that it's a choice it is a choice it's different yeah um and it, I don't know it makes me feel um I don't it's gonna sound weird but like less typically American I get that you know what that like is that a respectful thing to say like, I think so I'm not worried about disrespecting America but <laughs> <laughs> you should be <laughs> I'm not at all worried about that <laughs> um but it, I guess it just uh, yeah it gives me um it feels just really empowering yeah i think there's like a a certain ritual aspect in dressing up and putting makeup on if you wear makeup and putting these clothes on and Mm -hmm. arranging jewelry just so your hair etc because you are literally crafting yourself from yourself into this new being and i think that's really amazing i think i'm gonna go back to it i think that persona also for me feels sexy but in a way that is not in any way like typically currently sexy right and um, that's powerful. Right. Yeah. And so that, it very much feels like crafting a narrative because people sort of have to like consider it. And you know what I think is the coolest thing about that is that it's not quote unquote typically sexy, but because you feel sexy, yep. it exudes that sort of energy and people will feel it anyway. Right. So and I'm not, I'm not a glamour. Like belying typical sexual, like of course, sexual, no. No, no, no. like identities and ideas either. Yeah. I just mean for it's not though. <laughs> right. In that instance, it's not. Yes. Yeah. That's and all. that, that is a glamour in itself. So I think that's really cool. I think my persona might be like femme fatale. I was going to ask, I think yours is bombshell. Bombshell. I love it. Mm-hmm. You have like that Monica Bellucci, Sophia Loren. Oh, um, that's so Liv nice. Tyler. Like Lisa gives vibes. I'm sure if you follow her, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's um, so funny, you guys, because Andy knows and anyone who knows me knows is I'm the exact opposite of that vibe most of the time. But when I'm in the vibe, <laughs> the magic is real. When I decide to put the persona on, it's like a whole new change in who I am. Yeah. So the Glamwich sounds exciting. Glamwich is a great book. It's deep dive on Lilith and Lilith is a fascinating goddess archetype mm-hmm. um, with with a complex background. We actually discussed Lilith at a fair amount of length on a podcast we were recently on. Yes. Um, the amazing podcast Bad Astrologers with Amelia Quint and Jessica Crispin were kind enough to have Astrolushes as their guests. Um, you can listen to it. It's their current episode right now. Um, you Please should also do listen, listen to, to their other episodes and you should also give them reviews and tell them what you think because 
it's an excellent podcast. Um, but we definitely spent some time talking about Lilith on there. So if you yeah. want to hear more about it um, from people who, I'm going to say, are more educated in astrology than we are. I think <laughs> they definitely come from a different Different background. study. Yeah. Um, and I'm only, like, I, I love our podcast and I'm not putting us down. No. But I mean... You should listen to them. You should listen to them. And it's funny because they're a Cancer Scorpio duo as well. Yes. Isn't that fascinating? Super interesting to see how it played out. Yep. I, I think that you and I definitely take the cake for most watery water signs ever. <laughs> they somehow have ever. their shit together ever. a lot more. We also have water moons. <laughs> we like do we're have water just, moons. you know, swimming. We're swimming. All day. And Our rising signs barely save us. <laughs> give us the ocean or give us nothing. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, so glamour magic. Um, so Lilith actually, I mean, ties really well into, like, you should look her up because Valentine's Day is coming up. Um, and she's a sign that will help you, or not a sign, but a, an asteroid, essentially, uh, part of your chart that will help you understand your sexuality and your sexual nature. Definitely. Um, and part of sexual nature is absolutely your persona and how you glam it up. And so we came up with this list for you right now, Lisa. We were getting our nails done. We were getting our nails done. And we were talking about glamour magic, and we decided to come up with, now, we, we came up with lipstick colors that you could wear according to your sun sign to kind of um, call upon the, the power and energy of your sign. But you can also do this with any of your placements mm-hmm. if you want to call upon your rising sign in a given moment because that's what you're facing the world yes. with. You know, and you also don't have to use lipstick. It could be eyeshadow. It mm-hmm. could be clothing. Absolutely. But um, these are just some color associations that we are making with the sun signs. Um, you can use this as interpretively. <laughs> that is my cat Hank. He is um, rustle, rustling the papers. He's re- yeah. He's patting our our sheet of notes here. <laughs> Because he's a sweet, sweet, There's wonderful boy. always a cat in the room when we record, you guys. There's always a gray tabby. It is either Lolo or Hank. <laughs> Tonight it is Hank. And they are wonderful. And they're both our moon signs. I'm no, I know I have said that 10,000 times. I will say it forever. I think it's really funny that two witches have these little familiars in their moon signs. So it's pretty Lisa's incredible. a cancer moon with a cat who's a cancer. And I, I'm a Pisces moon with a cat who is a Pisces. And such a Pisces. And such a Pisces baby. Isn't he, though? Lipstick colors. Okay. Here we go. Let's start with Aries. Okay. Um, which I wanted to talk about later on because Venus has just entered Aries for our Valentine's Day. But the color that we came up with for Aries, I thought it would be too obvious to go for bright engine, like fire engine red. Right. So we went with, like, a super hot coral. Yes. A super bright coral. Oh, I think that's so sexy. I think so too. It's fiery. It's got that like catalytic that just, energy. It, it's exactly. It's literally fiery. Yeah, I love that. So, what did you choose for Taurus? What did we choose for Taurus? I feel like this choice is perfect. Yeah, I think all the choices are perfect. I love these. I love this list. Me too. I love our lipstick colors. We we should like, somebody just, publish this. We maybe <laughs> Luna will. <laughs> it's easy. Um, we chose rust orange for Taurus. Yes. Very earthy, yes. but still distinguished and unique. Even the color rust is caused by oxidation. It's caused by a yes. natural um, process, right? Rust orange on your lips is like an earth tone that like literally speaks to like the passage of time. I don't yeah. know. There's something really just gorgeous about that to me. Agreed. And also, it's kind of the color of bricks. And yeah. I think of Hearth. homes and her. Yeah, exactly. Taurus. 
places of beauty and luxury and they're Venusian and their their beautiful homes and like the the comfortable things they like around them like there's something really delicious yeah about really delicious yeah about a rust orange that feels like it's Venusian to me yeah you've got kind of a rust orange sort of in my Egan Sheila yeah print there which feels very luxurious and beautiful I wanted her in my bedroom it's lovely she gives a little bit of the uh erotic vibe it's very erotic. <laughs> uh, Gemini. So this is a real thing, and I want to like prescribe it to all Gemini. <laughs> but mood changing lipstick, like nothing, a mood ring, but lipstick. Nothing could be more perfect. Isn't it's that great. Thing. Yeah, speaks to all sides of their personality. It's incredible. Um, plus, like you know, Gemini is always talking, but they're usually not talking about their feelings. So maybe their lips will give them away <laughs> in a different way for once. Oh, I love it. That was a big lipstick in the 90s, wasn't it? It was. was. Yeah. I think it was probably invented in the 90s. <laughs> the 90s would have mood changing lipstick. Um, I'll let you do Cancer. So for Cancer, we did a high gloss carnation pink. So cute. It's, you know, it's got that sort of watery, like, sort of shimmery ocean with the sun cast over it. But like a nice, beautiful, sweet pink that has a little bit of edge with that high gloss. Yeah, I mean, cancers are often, I think, thought of as like being sweet and soft and girly, which is like so only part of the situation. I feel like the high gloss on it gives it that like underhanded sexiness yeah. that actually does exist in cancerians because they are some freaks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I so think... it's like a really sweet carnation pink, yes. But it's, like, sexed up by the gloss. Oh, my God. It's sexed up. I think they're top three freaks of the Zodiac. I agree. Yeah. And I'm, I know I'm speaking as one, but I, I, I agree. <laughs> you get to speak as one because you know it's true. Yeah. 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 They're not overt, but it's in there is the thing. Like, big time. But isn't that, isn't that the delicious surprise at the end? Yeah. They're, like, secret kinksters. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Okay. Next up, Leo. Leo, we've got a shocking pink. Yes, I was thinking specifically of the artist Elsa Schiaparelli, who invented mm. the color Shocking. Shocking. Which is like that really awesome hot pink that like Sophia uh, Coppola uses in the Marie Antoinette film. Oh, that's a really specific delicious. reference, but you know that pink? Yes. That's Elsa that Schiaparelli pink. invented that color while well, she named it or found it, whatever, made it famous. That's amazing. And called it Shocking. And I thought like Leo just strutting their stuff. Yeah. You know, like yeah. not being afraid of getting that attention. No. And I love that it's pink and not just red. Yep. Because it's I think easy. it's too easy. It's too easy. And this is, this is like, these colors are meant to pull out something different, a different beast mm-hmm. in you. And also, like, there's something about pink specifically that's so, um, like, like, of the body. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking of the word incarnadine, which is like the flesh yeah. made real. It's flesh. Yeah. yeah. It's so, like, having a shocking flesh tone is... Just, like, about the hottest thing you can do, I think. I agree with you. I love it. Yeah. All right. Virgo. So, Virgo is a sharp, smart nude. See, now you came up with that, and it was so perfect, we didn't even (laughs) discuss it. So, I want you to run with this one, especially given your Virgo history. Yep. Well, recently I took a quiz on BuzzFeed, and it told me I was supposed to be a Virgo. So, uh, spoiler I have, alert, I took the same quiz and also was told I'm a Virgo. There's something going wrong here, but uh, maybe I have to... Some... feed fuck your bullshit quiz. I'm saying it straight up. 
I should name the writer by name because shame on you. Shame on you. I have some deep reckoning to do. <laughs> um, so Virgo. Virgo and I have had a long journey. Um, you know, if you've been listening to this podcast at all, you'll know that I have had words about them, but that I've learned from them too. And I've had a lot of good conversations with them. I do think Virgo is a nude because I think it is, I I would have said safe, but what I mean to say is reliable. It's clean. It's all the things you think a Virgo might be, but because it's sharp and it's smart. Yep. It is something that I, I I don't know, kind of, Elevate. Yeah, it's like sexy in that like angular, perfected, just like unexpected. Yeah. A nude is unexpected. Yeah. When you see lipstick, you expect to see like a red, a pink, an orange. Right. When you see a nude, it's like, whoa, that person takes care of themselves. (laughs) Yeah, it's hard to pull off a nude. Yeah. A Virgo could pull off a nude. A Virgo can pull off a nude. And I'm thinking one of those like high gloss, Kim Kardashian nudes that's like, whoa, what is... Just plumps those babies right up. Yeah, just a wild nude. Because a Virgo definitely wants to kiss you. They're just probably not going to tell you about it. Mm. Yeah. They're very affectionate. I wouldn't know. (laughs) (laughs) So Libra, we, I like this one. It's so pretty. We chose cherry lips with matching liner, which is very important. People who can master the matching liner with the lips and create that perfect, like, cupid little bow of a mouth. Very Libra. It's very Libra. It's very Libra. Like, everybody looks perfect in that. Especially in cherry. Especially cherry. Cherry. It's so romantic. It's so delicious. It's so flirtatious. Yeah. Yes. It's, It's, like, juicy. Yeah. It's juicy. Yeah. Everybody wants in on it. <laughs> so, Scorpio. You're in your season, girl. <laughs> Scorpio is ox blood. Yes. A dark, luscious ox blood. I'm thinking matte. Yes. I do think matte. You know? 100% like matte. Like dried blood just got stuck to your lips. Like you just are a vampire. Yeah. Yes. But a sexy one. Yeah. Because most vampires are sexy. Most vampires are. Um, But it's also, you know, it's deeper than that. I think there's like... um a power to wearing something so dark. Yeah. Um, it makes people wonder. And I think Aquarians, I mean, excuse me, Aquarians, Scorpios really like the air of mystery about them. Yeah. You see somebody in that color and you're a little bit like, are they goth or they, are they witchy? Are they dark? Are they secretive? Like, yeah. what? like that is, it's such a choice. And especially like, I want I want Scorpios to wear this at like noon on a Tuesday. Oh, absolutely. You know, like That's... I'm not even talking date night. I'm saying like go out into the world. Exactly. With ox blood on your lips. That's the power move. Um, yeah. I we should also pick out some lipsticks and publish them with our recommendations yeah. of good ethical lovely brands. I'm going to also just like rep us and say we did this exact same thing, this idea glam magic like particularly about um perfumes and scents. So uh, that is also a huge part of attraction. It's a gigantic part of glam witch magic. Um, and I really like the list that we came up with. So we like named... It was perfect. Um, like various notes that you can look for in a perfume or to build your own. Um, I forget which episode number it is. I feel like it was about three. Yeah, I think so. But it, it's in the title and it's yeah. in the description. So if you like the idea of like us ascribing, <laughs> prescribing... Um, colors and fashions and glams to you by your sign, you should go back and check out the scent one. Definitely. So important in the seduction. Oh, it's, I think, I think scent is the most seductive. Well, it's 
yeah it's just it's a pheromone we discussed this it's like this the sense that is directly related to memory it's so sensual it's so sensual it is um next up capricorn this is another match that we have i think it's we only have two on here oh i'm so sorry i'm so sorry sag um pardon me i was skipping we didn't write these in order but no we did not i'm performing them in order it's not easy it was my fault i am high (laughs) it was my fault completely sagittarius we gave you tangerine oh i love it. how fun is that it's so also kudos for not doing bright red for any of the fire signs to us i just realized that we did that i love it i love that we avoided the bright red altogether yeah tangerine um for sag to me is like so playful it makes me feel like I'm on vacation instantly. I feel like being somewhere warm. Mm, I feel like taking itchy. off my clothes and dancing. <laughs> yeah, and it's just, it's it's it is like the color vacation that a Sag would want. Yeah, it's also like a, a like don't give a single fuck color. Yeah, you know, tangerine. It's just bold. Yeah, just like a Sag will enter a conversation by screaming their opinion into a crowded room. <laughs> I love it. And making everyone listen. I tangerine love it. is the lipstick equivalent. Ugh. So good. We should take photos uh, with our lip colors as different zodiacs. We absolutely and should. And post them to our Instagram. Yes, and you guys should all do the same. You should definitely do the same and tag us. Okay, now we're up to Capricorn. Pardon me, I tried to skip past. I'll let you take it, Lisa. So for Cap, I love this I one. know. You came up with this one too. And it was, I, oh, I, did? I almost fell out of my chair. <laughs> Getting my nails done. <laughs> I gave Cap matte 90s brown. Yes. Oh, it's yes, delicious. Yes, yes. Oh, I just love that. Like, I'm thinking of like 90s Drew Barrymore. Yes. Oh, just that delectable, earthy. Chocolatey. Chocolatey goodness. It's so powerful, too. It is so powerful. It was powerful. really popular like with women in hip-hop for like a, yeah. a hot minute, and it was smart. Do, do, has it made its way back a bit? I, oh, I think it's like having the recurrence, like Oxblood is, too. Those yeah. are both very 90s colors, like they early are. to mid-90s yeah. colors. Um, because it was a great era. I People make fun of the 90s, but I it. think it's wonderful. Oh, God. I'm, I'm old, so I love the 90s. Same. I miss the 90s. Me too. <laughs> I think it was so much more innocent. Okay. Um, Aquarius, we gave you guys, and I stand by all these decisions. I, I just you. love this list. Aquarius, we gave you dark blue. Love it. It is, like, not an easy color to pull off. You have to have chutzpah. Yeah. You have to have verve. You have to have, like... Just an absolutely, like, you know, devil-may-care attitude. Um, it's going to make you look a little bit rebellious. It's going to bring out your Billie Eilish, you yeah. know? Like, dark blue. It's thinking outside the box. Plus, it literally makes you look less human, because blue is not a color of lips unless you're dead. Exactly. Love it. Most lipsticks are enhancing, like, the natural colors to be sexual. Blue is going, like, mm-mm, doing the absolute opposite. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's making you think of fish and making you think of aliens and making you think slightly about mortality like it's it's doing the work yeah yeah (laughs) and it's again approaching sexuality from like an atypical standpoint um exactly which aquarians rule and i'm so here for yeah that's why we love them so yeah those are nope one more oh last sign of the zodiac who did we skip here oh of course i'm so sorry you pisces i apologize to my cat right now i'm so sorry hanky poo (laughs) He's, he's shooting me a, a serious look. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> uh, Pisces, we give you abalone shell purple. Yes. 
Oh. Oh, it's so good. Dreamy and romantic and watery. And also not one of those natural colors again. Right. It's definitely like mermaids. Yes. I'm thinking like a mirror translucent type of mm. purple underglow that kind of just takes you out of this world and brings you into the subterranean places that Pisces likes to play around in, in the dreams of conscious. Beautiful. I love it. I'm skipping back to a different portion of the episode really quickly because we got another great tweet in from Patrice yes. Wilding, Capricorn extraordinaire. <laughs> so she listed like the, you know, what she thinks are like unfair stereotypes, true stereotypes, and her favorite thing is just a quote. Nobody runs my life better than me. To quote Jay-Z, I'm not a businessman. I'm a business, comma, man. Mm. Wow. <laughs> I can see why Patrice is Nobody runs my life better than me, says Patrice Wilding, Capricorn. Capricorn. Capricorn Queen. Capricorn Queen. Thank she needs, you, She's a placard without her desk. <laughs> incredible. That's incredible. Okay, sorry to go back, but that was just too good of a tweet no, to ignore. No, of course. It just came in. Live, live breaking tweets. <laughs> we're here. We've got our finger on the fucking pulse, you guys. <laughs> we're, we're, we're coming at you. Astro news. Hot takes. <laughs> Speaking of hotness, we're going to go into our Valentine's Day portion. Yes. Okay. Uh, I brought up earlier, Venus is in Aries. It just entered Aries after being in Pisces for some time. Venus and Aries, like, what, what makes you, what associations do you have with that? Well, when I think of Venus and Aries, I'm going to just be kind of, I'm going to be blunt. Please uh, do, Lisa. I think I'm getting a good hard fucking... A sound thumping <laughs> as I refill her glass of wine. Thank you. You're so welcome. We must clink to this. Um, I need to get some wine. Hang on. I think of, well, I don't, I don't just mean, you know, sex in itself. I, I mean that, yes. But I do mean clink. physicality, clink, clink, physicality, intimacy, passion, mm. vigor, zest. Well, it's, All the adjectives. It's the beginning of the zodiac. It's the first sign. It's a ram. It's head first, horns first. It's like leaping. It's fighting. It's fucking. Um, yeah, and it's also like the most creative energy of any sign. It's very powerful. So right now, what that means for Venus and what it means for our love lives is that if you have your eye on someone, if you have a crush, if you want ask like a person on a date do it several people on a date like now is the time yeah go for you think it. it's weird to ask somebody out on valentine's day for the first time do it this is the season for it like the the odds are ever in your favor right it now. is it's a new year venus is an aries take hold of what you want harness that power and yes. go for it yeah i think that's wonderful and have fun they're like aries are like the most playful too they're fun yeah, yeah. they're not they're not yeah they're they're not like, you know, And they're us. adventurers. They're going to sit there in their tears. They're going to bring you out to have a party. Yeah. <laughs> and give you a good sound thumping at the end of the a night. A good sound thumping. <laughs> I don't know why. Anyway, I'm in, I'm in a mood. <laughs> so, um, we talk about Valentine's Day. Yeah. Like, I, see, I find it fascinating that it happens in Aquarius season. I know you do. And I find it... Very, very weird myself. I mean, it's a holiday, like, dedicated. Obviously, it's, like, a Saint's Martyr's Day, so I understand why the date is there. But just, like, the energy that exists in um, Aquarius season, having a holiday that celebrates romantic love in its most typical forms, right, is just sort of... um, 
It feels a little antithetical. That's the perfect word for it. It feels yeah. a little contradictory to the Aquarius nature, which is like so concerned with like friendships, new kinds of like literally they're concerned with like new ways of being, right. new ways of exploring love, new ways of having relationships. They're like the natural polyamorous people of the zodiac. Right. Um uh they're like the natural non-binaries. They're yeah. some of our greatest queer uh celebrities definitely activists and I, activists yeah. for sure are Aquarians. So to me like having like a sort of mushy very typically romantic day that doesn't really celebrate yeah and it's very yeah. capitalist it doesn't really celebrate like agape it doesn't really cel- celebrate platonic love all these things that i associate with aquarius more so than um eros and exactly you know like venusian romantic love that is not to shit on just typical romantic love because it's a great thing if you have yeah. it love is love good on you um yeah love is great but it, we're we're all i think it's important I that just we think it's look interesting at, it is it would make so much more sense in, like, even just in Pisces, which they're a mess, but it still makes more sense. I mean, no, it would make a perfect, it would make, we, they just want to be loved and to love. So right. it would make a lot of sense. But if we go back to the history of it, which Thank I you. think That's is. That's what I was going to ask you to talk about. What I think is super interesting and very Aquarian is <laughs> our little, our little familiar here has his hand on our notes because he's a wonderful boy. I'm going to tweet this out to you in a moment, guys. Live cat tweeting. So what's so interesting, I think, and very Aquarian is that the history of Valentine's Day goes back to the third century ancient Rome in which the emperor Claudius actually had two or three, depending on how the research and the history, two or three men, two of which were named Valentine, Mm -hmm. killed because they were performing weddings that they weren't allowed to perform for soldiers. Mm -hmm. And so they became martyrs. Exactly. And so like in Catholicism, particularly in types of Christianity, when a person is killed for like a belief system, you know, they're martyred. That's who becomes a saint. So St. Valentino is sort of based in this story of these two or three people. Yeah, the, the research century. says there's two named Valentine, but there could have been a third that was also killed for the same. Got it. The same thing, you know. So and not speaking to me of romantic love. What else? I mean, I guess, I, I guess, like, yeah, marrying, it, marrying people. Yes, I can see the humanitarian aspect. Exactly. Though. Like they were killed for letting people have the love that they wanted, despite it, authoritarian. It feels rule. more of a political stance than a romantic one. Yeah, for sure. Which, it's. It's kind of a mix, I think, Yeah, in a way. There's a whole bunch more. Yeah, so essentially, um, skip forward in time, Chaucer actually wrote of St. Valentine in some of his work, and this kind of sparked this whole connection between St. Valentine and chocolate and roses and the romantic um, goddamn connection. Chaucer. I know, goddamn Chaucer. It's wife of Bath. No, it's a very different story. <laughs> <laughs> that sort of connection that we have today, which is what turned into this big capitalist um holiday but of course we'd be remiss if we didn't mention lupercalia yes which is february 15th was also roman also roman very pagan celebration and animal sacrifice super super sex fest um, super sex fest <laughs> super sex fest super just, sex fest i just picture everyone fucking in the woods basically yeah like around fire yeah which i would love to do yeah please like... someone invite me um <laughs> both of us both of us, uh, to ward off evil spirits. So, you know, it's so in- interesting how history kind of plays out and what we celebrate without really knowing mm-hmm. what it means. It's so funny to me to think about, like, my own family who were super Catholic, um, celebrating something that was, in essence, mm-hmm. well, everything, really. I pagan. Know. 
If they so only pagan. Knew. I know. My, yeah. I mean, I also was raised in a very Catholic household. And, like, literally they talk about, like, St. Valentine's Day. I'm like, nobody says that. Nobody calls it that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice to go to an expensive dinner and get laid in a hotel room. Anyway. Right. <clears throat> um, we're going to talk to you a little bit about um, your charts and sort of the parts of your chart that um, you kind of want to look at for your romantic sinistry and your romantic cap- um, compatibility with people, particularly for the upcoming holiday. So let's get into it. Yes. So, right. So, like, um, we discussed the planets in your chart. So this is the kind of thing that, you you know, you want your natal chart in front of you to look at. Um, your sun sign is, like, you know, a huge part of your personality. But the parts of your chart that really, like, oversee your romantic life, I would say, I would argue, are most importantly your Mars and Venus. Right. And, and that is not to say, like, the old bullshit, like, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. That is such... That's nonsense. Nonsense. Um, but, like, when I say Mars, what do you think of in terms of what it rules, Lisa? I think it rules war, mm-hmm. action. Yep. Yeah. So, so the other side of that physical is also fucking. Fucking. Yeah, <laughs> it's exactly. Fighting and fucking. Fighting and fucking. True. <laughs> I mean, there's more to it than that, of course, but, like, that's my immediate... Um, yeah. Association. Yeah. But then Venus is like, you know, more the romantic expression, like what you're like when you fall in that, like, in, you know, that first romantic love with someone and you want to like shower them with whatever your love language is, right? Can't speak it enough. I feel that's your Venus. Yeah. Um, but your Venus is emboldened um, and, and empowered by your Mars, right? So mm-hmm. I think those two planets are really important. But then also your Mercury. Yeah. Um, which is your communication. Oh my God. My chart is such a mess. I'm just thinking <laughs> about it right now. It really makes me a fickle lover. Really? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to name the last planet, but then I want you to go back yeah, go to that. For it. And then lastly, like your moon sign, because that's like your emotional needs and like what emotional needs you need to have met. Right. Yeah. So like your Venus and Mars is like a really fun way to look at your compatibility. But then like another way to like get down to business is your Mercury, your communication, and your moon, your needs. What do you think about your chart makes you fickle? Well, okay. You've been with somebody for seven years. I know, but honestly, it's a different It's a different day every day, and he doesn't know what he's going to get. Wow. Yeah. Is this your Libra? So Venus is in Libra. Mercury and Mars are in Sag. And, um, and then, uh, what else? Uh, my, my Cancer. Moon is in Cancer. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a Scorpio. So, so your Venus, Libra, your Mars, and Mercury are, are in Sag. Sag. Or my, no, I'm sorry. My Mercury's in Sag. My Mars is in Libra as well. Okay. Okay. So yeah. your Mars and Venus are in Libra. Yes. Correct. Damn. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. With your, your Mercury is in Sag. God, that makes you blunt. Yeah, it does. It does, and I get in trouble for it. You a talked lot. about like your lack of timing with your romantic yeah, partner. Yeah, that's it. It's your Sag and Mercury. I agree, hundred percent. And it's my Scorpio intensity too. That's just like I'm mad right now, and that's it. Like you are gonna, and it be your, my wrath. Your and your emotional needs being Cancerian are like deep and wide. Yeah, <laughs> I need to be protected and loved and cared for. So when I'm not, I strike out. What about you? Um, I I sort of struggle because like my Mercury and Mars are both in Cancer, and neither one of them is like exalted. like that because like you know mercury rules over like gemini and virgo and like really clear communication sort of having like a 
uh, Mercury in Cancer makes me like passive aggressive in my speech right. tactics, which I hate and I work on all the time. Having it in Mars, like Mars is ruled by Aries, and having Mars in Cancer is like. Um, <laughs> even sighing is like such a typical Mercury, Mars, and Cancer thing to do to sighing. express oneself. Sighing is like a sighing. real thing. Oh, it's such a loaded message. It is, and I'm the queen of it. It's um, very passive. Yes. So Mars and Cancer, like having your like planet of aggression being a passive sign with fiery outbursts that Cancer does not get enough attention for <laughs> is difficult. Yeah. Um, and then my Venus is in Leo, which God gives me the highest fucking romantic standards. I want everything, Lisa. Yeah, you want big I, proclamations. Yes. I yeah. want gestures. Yeah. I want gifts. I want vacations. I yeah. want like inside jokes. I want mushiness. And it, anyway, yeah. it's just, it asks a lot and it's all being filtered through like my sad little moon in Pisces where like my emotional needs are to be like psychically understood. <laughs> it is a lot. And loved endlessly. Being it's, human is a lot. It's just, I feel like my chart is, uh, a, like, I, I, I'm aware that I need a lot. I'm no longer ashamed of that fact. Yeah. I just, good think that it's like we have different types of appetites and I have a voracious appetite and anybody who can't be there to fulfill those needs doesn't need to be it's fine right you know but um I am very aware of the fact that I need like constant love and care and communication and a tiny bit of mind reading yeah however I do think the other side of that is like Venus and Leo is also willing to give exactly that too a Leo isn't asking to take and take and take. No, they, they want, want to give, to give yeah. and take and give and take. Yeah. They want like reciprocity is huge. <clears throat> and to be like, Leo's like, I'm going to give you this gift of my love. I need you to recognize it and thank me. And yeah. That's a pain in the ass too, but it is, it is definitely as giving as it is, um, <gasps> is as generous as, as, as it is needy. No, I understand that. Which is not to compliment myself. It just means I'm a fucking lot. I'm a lot. I'm a nightmare. <laughs> No, you're not a lot. It's, you know, we deserve, we all deserve to be loved and to give love and to be loved in the right ways. But our charts definitely make things a little bit more difficult. Well, they also, our charts just explain us to ourselves. And I also want to talk about, like, the idea that we talk a lot about, like, our fixed charts. But, like, astrology really is the current transits, too. So it's, like, the way that... The, the you know the heavens and the stars are moving right now is affecting your chart right now it's the movement is affecting like your fixedness um is the only way that I know how to say it and so just um pay attention like your horoscopes matter and the transits matter and venus and aries for valentine's day is like really fun i think it's super fun i, I want f- everybody to harness that energy yeah so just to recap for you right now, don't just read your horoscope on Valentine's Day. You know, look at what, you know, look at your Venus, look at your Mars, look at your Mercury, look at your moon sign. You know, kind of maybe take a few minutes to journal how those things play out in your life. Look at the current transits, see how that's affecting those placements. And, you know, have fun with it. Yeah, like, It's also Aquarius season. So if you're, you know, like somewhere on the spectrum that's like difficult to... um talk about on valentine's day if you're asexual if you're non-binary like aquarius season is your season yeah it's there for you and like take valentine's day and 
fucking own it in whatever way that feels good. If you want to have your Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band, if you want to have your, you know, powerful poetry reading that speaks to agape or platonic love, or if you want to, like, go out with your platonic best, best friend... friend yeah. Um. I mean, I mean, you know, Aquarius season is here for all of it. And I love that. And I think even, I mean, I'm partnered, but even I view Valentine's Day as a day for me to remind those that I love that I love them. Yes. And to celebrate self-love. Yes. Um, it's not just for me. I mean, if I just settled on it being a romantic holiday, I think I'd get very bored with it. So, yeah, like you said, I think it's wonderful. Asexual don't have a partner everything is fine yeah polyamorous i'm saying like all of it um, all of there's it there's such a beautiful wide spectrum that we're finally like discussing and embracing yes um celebrate it take a moment to celebrate yourself and those close to you your chosen family your best friends and if you're so inclined put on some fucking hot perfume and a great new lipstick and present the glamour that you want to present to the world exactly Astrolushes is here for you. We love exactly. you. Exactly. And please, guys, if you liked the color choices, whether it is a nail polish or a lipstick or a shirt color, take a photo and send it to us please. and let us know how those colors are working out for Run you. Run Instagram. It's the perfect method. We would love or tweet it. it. We would love it. And we love you guys so much. We hope you have a beautiful Valentine's Day. And we'll be back sooner rather than later next time. Um, we're back on schedule, so we'll be, we'll be here for you for Pisces season. Yep, and if you like this, please do leave a review, rate us, tweet about us, share us with your friends. The only way that we grow is by, you know, you guys enjoying it and sharing word of mouth. Absolutely, and we're grateful for every single one of you. Yep, have a lovely evening, guys. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's.